Welcome to Chaos Divided, your weekly dose of Wholesome Hammer, where we explore the hobby, the game, and the lore of Warhammer 40k. We're your hosts, Nurgle Snargle and Blushing Noise Marine. If you're enjoying the podcast, don't forget to give us a follow. This week, we're joined by our very special guest. I'm very excited about this. It is Lawrence of Baharoth, <laughs> the cry of old paint. <laughs> and there's I a couple of underscores <laughs> in between there. And uh, you picked a quote for us this week. Would you like to say it? Hi, everyone. Yeah, uh, so my quote is from uh, a British author called Alan Garner. And it's, I learned that I must never finish a book with nothing else to do. Mm -hmm. And throughout this podcast, you're going to realize that Lawrence lives by this quote. (laughs) I I, I think uh, the five minutes before we started here, I think I heard about 35 different projects you've got on the go. So it's uh... (laughs) a... I'm not sure I mentioned any of the modeling ones that I'm making. No, not even. (laughs) If you could, if you could say like a rough number, how many projects do you have on the go? Uh, Over a hundred? No, I I, I mean, I think, I think like close ten, round ten, probably. I think that. I I feel it's more than that. (laughs) (laughs) I think once I'm sure once we start talking about them, because the the worst thing is as soon as you start talking about them, uh, that gives you another idea and then you realize you've got the bits for it and then might you maybe start making a little bit of it and then and then you get distracted by something else and then another thing and another thing and another thing and it keeps on rolling mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and well, you, you did mention that like you like to do multiple projects and recently i've been doing that as well and i think it's actually a great way to approach your projects because it's just it's constantly keeping your mind thinking about what to do and inspired and then you take a break from this and then you can come back to it with a whole new mindset yeah i, I can't remember you said it um somebody said that the best thing like an artist can do is have a space where they can always go and create and i d- uh, until recently i didn't and i still kind of don't but uh i think it, that works really well with multiple projects because you can you know whatever mood you're in you can you can pick one like there will always Mm -hmm. be something that and when you get really stuck and overwhelmed with with something and it's not working or the paint's not working well you just hate it (laughs) and that Uh, is like the worst place for an artist to be is to be stuck like you're in a tar pit yeah and and that's i always say that that's the like perfect time to go and paint some therapy orcs because (laughs) there's nothing that like is more enjoyable than making some orcs for absolutely no reason at all (laughs) i i I love the term therapy orcs i think that's it's like i want anything on them (laughs) they're a very slightly different scale than all the other models so they're easier to paint yeah they're they're just primary colors don't have to think outside the box (laughs) i don't really collect them as well so there's no there's absolutely no pressure it's just like oh i can make some orcs it's fine and you and it i think it's that thing of uh i'm very millennial and like end up commodifying absolutely everything that i that i'm interested in or enjoy in any way and then killing all enjoyment of it so it's like going back to something oh, that's that like so really <laughs> enjoyable <laughs> yeah. that's probably the most nihilistic thing i've heard on this uh, this podcast so far but um yeah i think i think i mean I, I'm very, I do it in a very positive way uh <laughs> but um yeah i think that there's definitely that that drive to kind of like oh you know i'll do this thing and then it gets really exciting and then i'll make some content about it and i'll enter a competition and i'll you know sell some and then suddenly it's another job and i'm like oh 
this like pure joy and creation and enjoyment and community side of it has kind of decreased and decreased and decreased and then uh, I have to make sure I just go right back to that which is the best part of it mm-hmm. <laughs> um well, maybe this is a good time, uh, since we're still roughly in the beginning of this. Um, would you introduce yourself to our listeners? Kaylee gets a little excited sometimes, but we'll... Uh... Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's all right. So do I as well. Uh, so yeah, so my name's Lawrence. Um, I make uh, dioramas and big, big miniatures, uh, some for competitions, some just for the pure joy of it. And uh, I've been making stuff for about six years. And I think I, I probably have a sort of reputation as, um, <laughs> as someone who just uses a lot of bits to, to make <laughs> some very, very big models that are completely impractical. Uh, and yeah, I think it's that. I think, yeah, I think that's <laughs> that's basically what I do. I, th- I think uh, big dioramas may be selling it a little short. Um, <laughs> some of them are absolutely uh, awe inspiring. Um, <laughs> And yeah, I, I can't imagine your uh, coronation of Gulliman fits on the table very well. Uh, weirdly, that is the easiest thing that I've ever made to transport and do anything with because it's in a box and mm-hmm. you can just you can just shut the box. And so for like a year while I was painting it and, and finishing all the building, I just I'd get it out, do a little bit, shut the box and then put it underneath my bed. And I can't tell you the bliss of having a model that fits anywhere uh, in comparison. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Did you do it in your bed? Oh, okay. So everything. So my, uh, I've I've just moved, but up until now, all of my models have been made on a tiny child's school desk, wedged (laughs) between two bookshelves at the bottom of my bed, and. the, the part of the reason why so many of them are very tall is because the only space I had was to build was directly oh, upwards. <laughs> so that's really kind of helped helped um, uh, kind of drive the direction I was, uh, of things I was making. Um, but yeah, very small amount of hobby space. So everything has to be kind of built and then moved, <laughs> then moved back again. And it's been, yeah, it's been exhausting and we're very happy we've got a bit more space now. <laughs> <laughs> If we didn't need to be impressed already, you build these massive things on tiny spaces. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, fortunately, recently, well, at the beginning of the year, uh, some, some people approached me and said that they were setting up uh, an art exhibition for miniatures mm. and would I like to be part of it. And they wanted to show off kind of the larger pieces, which meant that I could get them out of my house. I could get them out of my bedroom. Uh, my missus was very happy because <laughs> uh, it really got to the point where we we're sort of walking, moving around the models to get to like get dressed in the morning, and uh, it was yeah, it was there was too much. Like, like, I Have you much. bumped your your pieces? Oh yeah, all the time, like every night for a year. So especially oh. especially the tower, it's got some very sort of sharp corners and. Um, uh, so I, yeah, just kind of knock pieces off of it constantly. So. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sidebar for a quick second. Yep. I don't normally tell people to kind of stop the podcast, but I I suggest people listening right now to go to your Instagram and see what we are talking about because <laughs> this next hour is going to, it's just awe-inspiring. You have to do what you are doing. <laughs> Thank you very much. 
uh, no, I, I, uh, to get ready today, I, I was kind of doing the deep dive through like your YouTube yeah. and seeing just some of your creation. And like, um, I, I was saying to Kaylee, like I, in a lot of the questions as I was planning this out, like I use the term peace because it's, it's truly art. Like, and not to say that like all hobbying and, and you know, miniature painting isn't also art, but I think you've transcended what most people think of as like painting miniatures to like an, the nth degree and i think it's like absolutely oh, like mind-boggling what you have done with some of uh, of these ideas and how far you've pushed like little plastic pieces mm -hmm. i would say that you you emphasize seeing the forest from the trees like you you have this giant piece but the, you look closer and each little centimeter seems like it has like a story to tell like you don't miss details whatsoever i think i think that's one of the things that i like the most about building that scale is that you can you can just keep going <laughs> you know? uh i mean all of them are all of them are very much abandoned rather than finished and you know there's a part of me that goes oh you know i could i could just do this a little bit more and i could add these extra characters to it and um i think that helps with my process and like what makes me want to keep building them because they're you know you get you, with all of them you get to a kind of tipping point <laughs> yeah <laughs> usually kind of just before base coating them <laughs> uh where you spent a, you spent a long time building them you've mm -hmm. put you've got a great story and it's all kind of together in your mind uh and you've come across you've, you've overcome all these challenges in the actual construction of it which is really interesting and exciting and fun to do and then you know you've just got to kind of grind to get the last bits done and at that point it's really hard to finish it <laughs> it's, it's it's really very difficult to then be like well I, i'm actually gonna paint all the rocks <laughs> you know? here so, we go <laughs> it's like here i go i said like, oh great i made a you know 16 angels just for this backdrop part brilliant mm. and each one of them has got multiple heads okay fantastic <laughs> uh, and i've got a sort of a month left to paint it um but but th yeah but thank you very much both of you like, like uh, uh like i love building things and it's it's super cool to be kind of be recognized for building things mm -hmm. <laughs> where, so where does like you know you talk about the the story like where does the inspiration come like you know are you like where are you kind of looking to say like you know what i can do that or like i'm gonna make this like huge diorama out of this like you know picture in a book like where where does the the inspiration come from where's your muse uh i think part like so i i'm i kind of consume i consume art and literature and um uh and horror films <laughs> to, to just continuously and always have um I, yeah i love stories and i love uh i love kind of like all all kind of like painted mediums and i collect an, i collect an awful lot of images of of different things that that just kind of like spark my imagination um i think the kind of the it's it's difficult there's, i think there's a there's a kind of a mixture of uh nostalgia that really helps a lot um and going back through kind of old uh old warhammer art and seeing things that i can now make because the 
the models are so much better and they are they're they're much more dynamic and cutting up plastic is a lot easier than cutting up metal and um, <laughs> so these things that like I, I mean i think like jane czar is the perfect example i mean i remember seeing the mark gibbons art uh, when I was sort of nine years old and being like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And then I bought the model and I was like, this is absolutely awful. <laughs> it's just this like, like none of the movement or grace or strength. Uh, like the hair is just a solid piece of badly textured metal. I don't know if you've ever made her. It's, yeah, I had, like still had a huge affection for it, but it's very different from like how the art looked. Uh, and then with the new model, not still not quite right but you can cut cut all the pieces and reposition all the limbs and uh, you know it suddenly becomes you can make capture that feeling a lot more than you could uh than you used to be able to actually uh yeah. the, what you what would you say is the um maybe your favorite or or sort of the best um sculpted miniature out there right now Ooh. Ooh. um i guess maybe not necessarily like <laughs> from like a quality but uh encapsulates the character encapsulates like the the concept i really like i uh i'm not super big into space marines but <laughs> i really liked mephiston because mm. it just was exactly the same as as, as the artwork uh and I, I kind of love that um because it just shows like how much kind of sculpting has come along um mm. i think it's kind of difficult because I really don't look at the models as single pieces. Um, <laughs> you look at, how can I, I look at them very surprised by that? Yeah, I know. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's always it's always difficult to join in when everyone gets really excited or like upset about new model releases, and they're like, "Oh, they look shit," and blah blah blah. And I'm like, "Well, this is just another load of new bits for me." So it's always exciting. So I'm like, "Oh, that arm's really cool." <laughs> <You know>? uh, <laughs> I would, I would say though that the the Necromunda sculpts recently have been absolutely mm. amazing. Mm. Uh, annoyingly, a lot of them in resin, so harder to use. But just as kind of like the personality that goes into them is incredible. Uh, and I think the the Vansar like robot suit spider things that have just been released are going to be my next kind of go to kit for kit bashing. Um, I'm really excited. I'm really excited about that. Are, are you excited for new Fulgrim? Uh, <laughs> it's beautiful. Ooh, that was like, a long. <laughs> I know. I heard that. It's a bit of a weird one because, like, I'm pretty sure there's a 40k one coming fairly soon. Mm. So, like, oh. you know, uh, how soon? I, I, yeah, how soon is the question? But I, like, all the rumors are Empress Children at some point. Mm -hmm. So it's and you know they made such a big deal about like this is only Horus Heresy. They're like, well, why would you make such a big deal about that if, unless the next one was coming out? And there has been loads of there was loads of like drip feed stuff of in the psychic awakening of being like, oh, there's a four-armed snake man somewhere and he's killed some people. Uh, <laughs> who could it possibly be? And like, I, you know, I, I love all that sort of kind of like drip feed lore. Um, but he's coming at some point. But yeah, I, one of those one of those models I look at and I think, oh, that's beautiful. I'll never use it. And <laughs> where do you get your bits? uh gamers they just give it to you a little bit yeah um oh, awesome uh, so I've, I've i know sort of two or three people who are really like hardcore like uk 
like tournament players and they have loads of armies and they don't kit bash anything and they just have bags and bags and bags and bags of bits all the spare bits they've ever had uh and so there's one of them i, I swap for like commission pieces so um uh he'll, he'll be like i need an autark on a, a wind rider and i'll be like oh, okay cool that'll take me like a day to build and he brings over kind of in plastic carrier bags these like enormous collection of bits like organized or anything i oh, know no no super organized but oh, in like baggies so it'd be like a huge baggie of like dark uh, like a, a dark elder pieces and then another baggie of, of necron bits do you guys meet like, at, the, at the corner street at corner and just handing these things out. <laughs> you got the goods <laughs> uh but yeah that that's really been that's been so helpful I, and then and then if i like specific pieces i swap a lot so um it's, it's kind of the last year the postal like I don't, I don't know if you know what's happening in the uk at the moment but currently our government is deliberately trashing every single thing that we that we own or use well, we're from canada way. so we're very okay okay that's cool. well. yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but like basically i used to be able to ship stuff really easily across the uk for not very much but now mm. none of it arrives and oh, i definitely no. can't ship stuff to europe because uh it you know it might just never get there so it's suddenly it, it's got a little bit harder even during um uh like lockdown stuff it was amazing like the like you could send stuff and it would get there like next day virtually uh and it was really cool kind of swapping little bags of bits everywhere uh so that's kind of reduced down but but now i'm i'm trying to make a real conscious effort to to grind through a lot of the stuff i've already got <laughs> so. <laughs> so we talk about you know i, I feel like uh, kit bashing is maybe not uh I feel like you're stretching the the limits of what that word means. You know, when people think of kit bashing, I think it uh, doesn't evoke the the grandiose ness of what you're doing. But how do you plan out a piece? Like, are, are, do you like? Uh, so it so it depends a bit. If it's if it's like an artwork, uh, I'll spend a really long time looking at it um, and trying to work out like the proportions and like compare those to. To kind of bits that i've already got and bits in my in my head so to, to try and work out like what i could do to substitute things that would make it look better um if it's if it's more of a diorama or a competition piece uh i'll come up with a concept or idea i'll make i'll make a ton of sketches uh for the shape and like roughly like especially the stretch shape of the structure and then once i've done that work out how i'm going to build the structure and then after that, work out well, how I'm going to fill in all the different sections or different pieces. But yeah, I'm always looking, I look at every new release, look at all the kind of um, different like third party game companies. Uh, so to try and have this kind of constant mental library of like what's possible out there. I'm not very good at sculpting. I don't have any patience really with it, like uh, with green stuff especially. <laughs> and so <laughs> I'm always looking for the piece that I can substitute rather than uh, rather than just yeah doing a whole thing. I, I've got a couple of friends, uh, the Void Winds and Luke Mockeridge, who are particularly good at green stuff work, and it's always incredibly annoying. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, I wish I could just make all this stuff. <laughs> It'd be a lot cheaper and easier to get hold of. What about three D printing? Uh, so I have a, there's a lovely Scottish uh, friend of mine who has got several 3D printers and I send him a list and the money for the resin every now and again and he'll just send me all the pieces. I, I kind of hate working with res the especially 3D printer resin. 
like even with all the cleaning in the world it's still like pretty toxic and mm. like horrible for the skin and stuff and uh i think i think kind of more and more um i'm working with it and i'm looking at maybe working with i shouldn't say it <laughs> but because uh, <laughs> it hasn't gone ahead but uh, a printing company basically and they might send me a printer in which case i'll just be printing stuff like day and night mm-hmm. um Actually, one thing that has kind of come up, it sounds like there's a lot more of a like competitive hobby scene in the UK, which is something uh, we definitely don't have here. So when you talk about going to competition, like, is there, mm-hmm. like, do you kind of spend your summers, like, going around to these, like, different events that are centered on hobbying, or? Uh, so I, I did a bit this year, um, and, I, like, I tried to go to, so I went, I, I went to Warhammer Fest, I went to Salute, which is in London, which is, like, more of a war games, uh, like, historical war gamings thing, um, and a couple of, sort of small ones. I find they're, like, I'm not very, you know, this is a hobby, this is a sort of art form that you do by yourself in, like, a dark room for hours <laughs> at a time, um, and I love talking to people, but, like, in quite small groups, I find, like, huge events incredibly, like, draining and overwhelming, mm-hmm. um, and so it's, it's uh, yeah, there, there's definitely positives there. You get to see a lot of people, and you get to see a lot of other people's work, which is really exciting, because it's very difficult to come to actually go and physically see other people's models a lot of the time. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I think next year, I prefer kind of like something a bit smaller. Mm-hmm. Just Instagram and YouTube. <laughs> Instagram and YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Instagram, YouTube. And I think like we're looking at kind of some artist meetups and things. Um, mm. uh, it's sort of like, despite living in London, I live in the wrong bit of London. <laughs> so so uh, anytime you find like UK wargaming people who uh, who live in London, they all live in South London, which is like an hour and a half away from me. <laughs> so, so, I, know, I know it's probably a very short distance for you, but like for here, it's like, nah, that's too far. That, that works here too. Like some people, they say that they're from Toronto, but they're actually like an yeah. hour and a half away from Toronto. <laughs> Yeah, and just like yeah, and I mean, at Warhammer Fest, I met, I met loads of people, and they're like, "Oh, you're from London? I'm from London as well." So, like, oh, okay, great. Where are you from? Oh, yeah, from uh, like Bromley. No, Bromley. Uh, well, anyway, I'm from I'm from way down south, and I'm like, okay, cool. We're never ever gonna meet up. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well be in another country. <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> so. um, percent. Well, and you you've kind of alluded to um, the the art installation you have currently. Do you want to talk a little mm-hmm. bit more about that? Yeah, so um, so basically, there's a this is in, in the wonderful, wonderful named place of Scunthorpe, uh, which I love yeah, it. So yeah, <laughs> uh, so there's an art center called the 2021 Art Center, and they got an absolutely huge amount of arts funding uh, from the government, which is fairly rare. Uh, um, but basically, they they have been looking at doing exhibitions for accessible forms of art mm-hmm. um and they've got a lovely a lovely gallery in this kind of converted church and they wanted to they partner it with this company who was going to do a documentary on miniature makers and put some miniature art, artists in, in it in it basically um and you know they got some they got some wonderful people like louise sugden's part of it and uh they 
asked me if they could basically have as many of the sort of the large models I'd made because they're easy to display. Uh, and, and you're they, like, you know, oh, by the way, you can have all of them. I was like, oh, this is really interesting. And they're like, oh, could we maybe have one of these? And I was like, you could have all of them if you want. <laughs> they're like, oh, really? And I was like, yeah, please, please, please take them. Uh, <laughs> so uh, this guy turned up with a truck and we carried, me and him carried them all downstairs and put them back on some uh, mattresses. And I was like wait is this real <laughs> somebody's <laughs> stolen all my models <laughs> i was like well okay if they're stolen them that's gonna be an interesting story in itself and it's you know <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah so, so that, that got set up uh they said people sent in miniatures from all around the world so there's, there's quite a few sort of american miniature artists that uh quite good friends of uh that beyond the light and um totally not panicking oh, and wow. a couple of others uh and so and all this kind of like this really nice collection of, of miniature work and went up to see it kind of for its opening day and it was so it's just amazing to see your stuff alongside other people's mm-hmm. and some of it you, you realize that you've been looking at this person's work for like three or four years speaking to them quite regularly but you've never you've never actually seen it in the you've never seen it in person mm-hmm. and there is something really wonderful about seeing it in a kind of display cabinet and uh yeah, I was, I was definitely a bit overwhelmed with it, but it was it was lovely that it was. We went up. There was maybe sort of ten artists at the kind of artist open day, and so I got to spend actual time with them and talk about different ideas and things we make with each other. Uh, and we got there was loads of kids there, and they got really excited about it. Aww. And we bought some sprues and started to make some stuff with them. And that you know, seeing kids get involved and being yeah. like, that's the that's the joy, <laughs> you know, that's the that purpose. is the real joy of this. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I'm going back up on the 13th of October for uh, f- there's like there's like a semi-open day, so I'm going to t- be teaching sort of uh, um, building class, and then the next day there is going to be uh, a screening of the documentary they made, and hopefully after that it will be put on some sort of streaming service or something so that everyone can watch it because oh, they you know they got. I like they interviewed Gav Gav Thorpe and uh, like a bunch of Warhammer sculptors and like some really interesting people alongside some amazing artists. So and me, <laughs> so, so it'd be really cool. Uh, and so yeah, that was I think that's that's been real really like the highlight of my year because it uh, uh, suddenly it's like oh you're an artist in an artist in an actual exhibition. It's very cool. Do they have well, your name and your plaque and everything? Uh, they have a video of me next to my work. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, part of that from the uh, uh um from the documentary and while i was there there was like a very confused four-year-old who kept looking at the picture like the f- film of me and then looking back at me and i was wearing the same shirt and it just like kept going back and forth and it was like i and like slightly terrified and i was like okay this, this is great <laughs> that's me <laughs> how did it feel to you know having miniature work is not something you typically see in an art gallery but then to also see your work aside all these others almost being elevated in this very public art space how does that feel it is i think i mean it's amazing like um i think uh like i like i really like championing championing other people's work and like sharing off kind of you know i spend probably most of my time i spend in the hobby is being on instagram looking at other people's work (laughs) like more than anything else really uh (laughs) i don't know how universal that is but i think probably quite universal (laughs) 
uh, and you know you suddenly realize people make such amazing stuff and then to see it in person you like and also I don't, I don't know i mean it is different when you know what's gone into it and you know like how difficult is the technique that they've done and uh and like the hours they put into that thing and it look it just feels so kind of special to 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 be around that and i think I know a lot of people get kind of like imposter syndrome mm. with you know you know i mean our, I, th- I think our biggest like community thing space is social media which is by nature very competitive and like has a you know the, there's a lot of like very negative parts of it in mm-hmm. uh, like how engagement works and all that sort of stuff uh, and and so it was very nice to, to see it all in a place that's completely separate from that and that you you can just chat to the chat to different people and be like oh this is cool oh, that's really nice how did you do that yeah. <laughs> have you felt the negative side uh i would say for me the big negative side is the desire to like you know if a post goes really well uh and you get like a gajillion likes it's it's super cool and like very enjoyable uh and then the crash directly after that is not very nice and then when it doesn't do very well and i think uh i made probably like a slight tactical error in that like i i really wanted to be a enthusiastic and positive voice in the community because there was so much that wasn't that Mm. Uh, and that's the bit that I really love but also if I'm personally not feeling that if I feel shit and like uh, I'm having a bad time it's then very difficult for me to do anything on social media because uh, it's it's not what I position like I'd have positioned myself as Mm -hmm. so yeah so I think there, there is a kind of I don't know I have to remind myself that my hobby is not making stuff for social media it's making stuff and then the social media part of it just happens to be there it's like an it's like an addition rather than the driving factor yeah Mm. you can't let that algorithm shape who you are and what your pieces have to be yeah yeah exactly exactly and and i think that can i don't know it's i think also say like it's very easy to suddenly rely on it for your social network almost Mm. entirely Mm -hmm. and so uh you know if you if you're posting stuff regularly people are talking to you and you're chatting about this and everyone's got a uh, like i think often it helps a lot of neurodivergent people and people who are not necessarily like very confident because you have a single thing you can immediately talk to anyone about any time of day so you're like oh there's this law or you've made this thing or whatever but then as soon as you aren't posting it starts to dry up oh, and suddenly your communication yeah. is going and going and going and you might you know you might be like uh, you know the thing that would really be great right now is having lots of chats about random things but because of the way that you've that, that you've kind of built this thing it doesn't work mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then that yeah that downswing is not much fun no but i think it's also recognizing that downswing and and seeing if for what it is 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 what helps like i i find that with mine like i'll see the peaks and then i'll see the dips and then i'll i'll just kind of ride it like a wave like i see it they call like the tarzan method as long as you get to okay you can go up you can go down but as long as you're going forward that's what matters yeah 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 i think i think i definitely yeah i think that was (laughs) i think um (laughs) <laughs> I, I can see that because I, th- I think as well like uh, um, I would say that I have about 600 to 1000 people who are my like 
like genuine kind of followers slash friends. Yeah, your uh, core. And they, those are the people, the core that that um, uh, you know, I've 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 seen all their stuff. They've seen all my stuff. They we comment on everything. We chat all the time. Uh, they like everything that I I post. We have lots of engagement, and that group is the hardest thing to add to. And the more followers you get. It's it gets harder and harder to add to that group because actually mm -hmm. the volume of kind of people just uh, like casually talking to you or just you know you have one interaction once and you never have an interaction again becomes much much larger. Yes. Uh, and so so it's quite difficult to kind of get back to that the great exciting thing, which is why I find competitions good because you've got a, a single <laughs> thing that you're all going for and a deadline. Yeah. <laughs> so going deadlines your, are important. So obviously Laura and I did our homework. <laughs> We went through your feed and in the beginning, you were very much just like um, elder models. And then it yep. seemed like, was it Smash Bash that it really took off with this, I guess, kit bashing? Like, how would you, how would you call it kit bashing or would you? Yeah, yeah. I, th I think, I mean, I kit bashed my elder a lot. But there is a limit, especially, I mean, like fairly recently, you've had a lot of new releases, which is great. And there's a few great elf releases that you can kitbash the pieces with as well. But they are, I think, one of the harder factions because they've got such a clear aesthetic mm -hmm. and there are a limited numbers, number of bits. And so they're very good, they're a very good way of starting off to learn kitbashing because it's really, really difficult. There you go. <laughs> very fiddly uh, and really hard. And... Um, uh, I think the first kind of point of it was switching a little bit over to Harlequins and seeing uh, um, Sons of Ananta, who's Tom Taylor Biggs' work, who's just got some like beautiful, like very kind of like amazing storytelling in very simple, like like Elder and Harlequin kit batches and beautiful paint jobs. And suddenly I was like, oh, right, I can kind of make anything I want. <laughs> oh, um, did you ever? <laughs> Yeah, thank you. And I think, you know, I, I got back into the hobby to game. And so I was maybe tempered a little bit at the start with like trying to have it WYSIWYG and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And then I've, I very rapidly realized that I was never going to play in tournaments. And I was never going to play if, you know, if somebody was upset by my models not being right, there's no way I would enjoy talking to them for three hours. <laughs> so, so, you know, uh, <laughs> like, I was just like, well, there's the. I could just kind of make anything I want. And um, when I saw the first Smash Bash competition, the the kind of, uh, there were a few entries that, that had already, I think I found it about halfway through, and there were a few entries already up. And one of the, 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 the uh, what's it called? The categories basically said the thing they were looking for was creativity in the, in the ideas. And I was like, oh, okay. So it doesn't, you know, I'm not the greatest painter in the world. I've got my old specs on. Uh, I have to paint with a painting lens. I'm never going to be like Golden Demon standard, and that's that's totally fine. Like, it's just I, like I like making things in, in a different way. But then to see a competition where it's like, have you got any ideas? Yes, I've got some ideas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, I've been waiting for this oh, question. <laughs> it's like, what would you like to do? Yeah, yes. <laughs> what, what can you do next? And I think um, because I've got enough Eldar to game with forever <laughs> i have a lot of elder i really yeah i've got enough um i could you know just add little pieces to that every now and again if i wanted a new unit or whatever uh still have the gaming side of it and then 
really kind of just start to buy things for bits and for the joy of it and look at different kits and making different things and it, it's a really nice feeling when you're like I don't, you know i collect this but also i can make anything i want from any faction at any time mm-hmm. that is nice although there is one thing that is just bubbling away in my mind and i don't know why i've never got around to doing it which is doing Traz in the infinite sitting on a throne throwing out tesseract cubes with different units from different time periods so like some heresy marines and then maybe some slan or something fantasy ridiculous uh and uh, all these kind of like different things and i've got quite a lot of the bits for it but it's just yeah it's just in my box of that would be incredible that actually kind of reminds me because like i when i was going through your stuff and I was with my fiance. I got really like inspired by these huge pieces, and I was like, "What I could, do? what could I do?" And I was like thinking of this hurricane of all mm-hmm. of, um, yeah, like the of all these factions: demons versus gray knights, and imperial fists versus iron warriors, just in this swirl, and just like, yeah, like seeing your stuff open up that creativity. Oh, cool. <laughs> I got. I mean, you can have that idea. Uh, if you want. <laughs> do you remember the like? Uh, I, I never played it, but I did watch the. I watched the trailers. Uh, was it Dawn of War two trailer where you've got the like all the different factions like dead and dying in a giant pile at the end? Uh, it could be. We'll Does that, we'll hear okay. from a listener saying yeah. We'll or look, nay. look at that at the time. But yeah, I think that, that sounds like a really cool idea. I really like it. <laughs> I think it could work really well. Also, I love it when somebody has a, an awesome idea that's either something that i'd like to make or adjacent to it because then i don't have to do it (laughs) 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 there's no part of me that feels like any kind of there's too many things that i want to make uh if somebody makes it first it's such a joy because you're like oh great you scratched that itch now i don't have to (laughs) (laughs) i get to see it thank you (laughs) yeah yeah 100 because a lot a lot of the time a lot of the time the the prompt is I, you know, I see something or I do, or read something and I think I could probably could make that. And then how would I go about doing that? And then it's in me and it just, it just is digging in, digging away constantly and thinking, oh, actually that, you know, I could, I could add that thing. And how do I solve this problem? <laughs> uh, and at that point I'm like, oh, maybe I should just buy a couple of these bits in case I do make this. <laughs> uh, and yeah. And then suddenly you've got boxes and boxes and boxes, and, boxes and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Is there a project that you're most proud of? Uh, the, the the Tower of Angels, the, the floating tower. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's so similar to what I thought it would be uh, when I first kind of imagined what I was going to make. And uh, like visually, it's quite. this is one of the reasons it's great to go to the exhibition if you're in Scunthorpe. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, because it's so tall... It, it, it's really difficult to get a sense of it when when on on social media because it's enormous uh but when you're in person with it it, it just has a it doesn't look like it should work <laughs> which i really like about it mm-hmm. um i think i realized quite early on that because plastic is so light you can yeah you know you can suddenly you can make things that are really don't look like they should exist and they start to look like they're made of metal or they you know they're made of all this machinery but in reality they're you know you can you could do it any angle or have it sticking out and um and so making things that are look like the defying gravity is like a real joy Mm -hmm. 
Just seeing the awe in in the audience. Yeah, and, and and I had this lovely moment where I was making it on this Charles desk that I make things on that I'd forgotten about was is slightly lower than a normal desk by maybe like six inches. Oh, so it's a lot taller and than you expected. Yeah, so it's taller than I thought it was. So I picked it up and stabbed it into the ceiling, <gasps> straight, straight to the ceiling. <laughs> uh, fortunately, nothing broke because I built it very solidly. And then to get it in. Because because I was painting with oil paints, I had to move it out of my bedroom every night so that the fumes didn't like kill me and my girlfriend. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so I had to like That's lean, love. like go down to my knees underneath uh, all the doorways to get it through. Uh, so yes, it's 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 five foot tall, um, wow. which is great. <laughs> that's yeah, that's hard to understand. That doesn't did, fit in my head. What does she think of all of this? Uh, so she like and like could not care less about Warhammer. it as a whole, right? As <laughs> about Warhammer or about like the world or, or like anything. Like that. Uh, but her attitude very much is like it's something that I enjoy and mm-hmm. that brings me huge amounts of joy and brings other people lots of joy. And so you know why wouldn't I do it? Basically, that's um, so she's enormously supportive, oh, uh, that's which great. is very very helpful. Um, right up until the point where I made the last smash bash uh, out of the globe. And the globe I got stank of old cigarettes and oh. took up all the room in our bedroom. Uh, and she was not very happy about it, which completely fair. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't very. Just, Lawrence, was I love you, but yeah, exactly, exactly. It was very, very much that. So the, uh, you know, it, it was basically it was going in the scrap if the exhibition didn't take it. So I'm very happy the exhibition took it. <laughs> so, Can they keep it? <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, that was a debated that was a bit debated thing, which is partially why I've got to build the workshop outside so that I can, I've got somewhere to put it when it comes back. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you have like a display area for all this when it comes back? Uh, nope. Oh. Um. So, <laughs> so my my system used to be, I make something, either it stays where it is because it's too big, or it goes on it goes in a box and then it goes underneath the bed. And that used to be the sort of cycle of making things and putting it in a shoebox. And it's, it was really nice moving because as I was packing, I was like, oh, what's in this shoebox? And I was like, oh, my uh, Men of Iron uh, project that I'd totally forgotten that I made <laughs> and never finished. Uh, but but it's really cool. And suddenly I've just, I found all these other models. Uh, but yeah, I, I haven't got everything in. I haven't got everything out in, in one place uh, for about three years. So I think I think when the the when the exhibition pieces come back, I will get everything out and, and do a photo of just like the whole lot in one go and see see how it is. Um, and then it's going to go into the workshop. <laughs> We're going to need a Warhammer World Part 2 <laughs> where everyone can put all their pieces in. <laughs> I think that's really nice. Uh, like, and and um, Kelly, one of the things that I, I first thought, like I saw your like hobby set up and the gaming room and I just thought, oh, it's so like aesthetically beautiful, which you never see. Like you never see anyone's hobby set up. It's like okay, maybe you get like somebody who's got like an RGB like color set up or whatever, uh, which is not really. You know, I'm too old for that. Um, but you know, wood wood paneling and plants, <laughs> wonderful. It, it took a lot of work. Like it did not start like that whatsoever. No, it uh, we were very much in like everything's in like. Mix, mixed boxes and didn't know where things were and it's like then uh, 
lockdowns happened, so we had lots of time. <laughs> so everything went into tackle boxes and I had lots of time to organize and it's just, it felt better and we've just been maintaining that. I think I think that's the thing. Like once it's once you kind of got it set up, then you can kind of maintain it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to get to the point where I can get some sort of studio somewhere that's external. But I don't know if they, I have. I have this like that. Part of the difficulty of making enormous things is that you then want to top it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and something that I would love to make and absolutely do not have space for is I would love to make a hanging city inside a four poster bed so you've got so all of it's like uh, kind of like a spire city but all of it's hanging down underneath with walkways and gantries and things uh and i think it would be really fun like you could make it so you could play on it as well it'd be really fun but you know (laughs) i need a four poster bed (laughs) space for the four poster bed (laughs) and then all the stuff to put inside it um so yeah that's 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 in the future well we do have some listeners in the uk so if you could help lawrence here (laughs) If you have a studio in London that is big enough for a four-poster bed, please let me know. Yeah, I'm, I'm like picturing like um, what is it, Kimura, the the Dark Eldar. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. City. That Actually, would that's be. Actually, that's a really. Wow. That All would those, be like weird angles and kind of uh, yeah, the, the, the spikes and the. Bits. And you could put like their Colosseum pit in the center of it. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Cogs are going. Is, well, actually, if I had any talent whatsoever, that would be that, like. Well, because no. also because you've got something that's so because it's working on something like that scale, you just split it in half. So one side of it would be Kamora, and then you split it in half, and it's like through the, you know, the other side of the Immaterium, and then you have Hive City, and it's like, oh, okay, this is great because you've because you've got the scale to work for. I think though something like that. Um, you just you you'd you'd get a lot of people involved with it and mm. you'd do it as a kind of collaborative a collaborative project i think <laughs> has all your pieces been uh singly you or have they been collaborated with um i don't know if you uh, did you see the magos the like tall magos with the big giant ball of electronics on the back of it no and the big floating like uh so we did i did this project a couple of years ago called like charity kit bash and one person built and another person painted. Oh, cool. Which for me was, had like absolute heaven because I was like, I could just go, you know, completely wild, not have to even consider putting the tiniest bit of paint on it. And then you just pass it and the painter's like, where do I start? <laughs> yeah, so I, I, got this, I got this really nice, uh, this really nice guy. He's a great painter and, and, just completely forgot his name that's awful it's been a long day i'll remember his name at some point (laughs) (laughs) um and basically he was like oh have you seen this artwork uh of this it's called um it's called the lady in the night by uh i can't lucy i can't remember his name exactly but he basically a warhammer artist and it's in the knights codex and there's a knight in the background and in front of it is just the most enormous like tall elegant magos you've ever seen uh all these like cherubs everywhere very very spindly uh and i think he was he was a bit like well yeah, yeah. <laughs> good luck with that that's hard it's not even it's not tall enough what if she was possessed with an ai because i was making ai at the time i was like i'll stick that on top of it and um yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll send you the link afterwards because it, it's it's a really fun model and uh, it was so nice working with somebody who just like 
take that and put his own perspective on it and paint it in some in a way that i would never paint it uh i think he did like this brocade on all of the robes that took almost six months <laughs> it looks beautiful not gonna do that myself uh, but, but apart from that uh i don't know if you know dad and lad he's like a very um they do a lot of like community-based stuff he's got like four kids and they're they all kind of like pitch in ideas so suddenly it's like dinosaurs and space marines what if they <laughs> were combined really fun and he did this thing <laughs> called hobby ride out uh and basically sent a space marine biker to different people across the world and each person would add a bit and paint a little bit oh and add a bit and a different sort of Hulk Hogan-esque sidecar guy uh for it and yeah that was that was really fun enjoyed that I think there's the some people have got that planned soon to do something that where they send around a model and everyone adds to it um I but I mean shipping that. models is, is its own like nightmare yeah <laughs> Could you do it at like a convention? Like if you guys did like a Yeah, I think I think that'd be really I think that'd be really fun. Um I think uh, one of the difficult things with doing it on site is always just the time. Because I don't know about you, but like sometimes I can build stuff really quickly, mm. and other times I cannot at all. <laughs> like the, the moons have to be aligned, and like yeah, they have to have your yeah. proper beverages. Exactly enough sleep, and enough you know, enough caffeine, and uh, be exactly Rituals in the flow state, and like the, the smoke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to anoint the machine spirits correctly. Yes. <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess you know what we're kind of talking about ideas and that. Uh, what do you see in your own future? What what does what does the next few years look like for? Um, so uh, I want to build. I want to build. So I'm going to build this workshop outside, so that I've got somewhere to build things. And I think being able to paint and build at the same time is really going to take a lot of the pressure off. Yeah, I, like before I was sort of building stuff and then clearing everything down, getting my paints out and then painting for a bit. And then if I wanted to paint, you know, vice versa, it's kind of stopping. Um, I'm doing a project with, uh, let's make sure I get the names right, exactly. Um, with this guy called Colt, which is his username is Into the Grey North. And he has got his own uh universe is called salvatore 28 and it's part of the sort of 28 miniatures community um and we're basically going to make this like church tank but <laughs> really big like really big <laughs> <laughs> so huge tracks uh and then like a, a cathedral cathedral basically on wheels uh and with an orchestra and stuff and i think i think that's going to be really fun <laughs> why do they need then, cathedrals on tanks and ships <laughs> i don't get it <laughs> well to move it to you know it's just okay. to, to... <laughs> <laughs> um, Is it... just because yeah, you can yeah, build yeah, spaceships is... doesn't mean you don't put everything on tracks <laughs> exactly uh I, there's been a few times where like the sisters of battle um they're like drop cathedrals yeah. I mentioned in the law recently where they're like what are they called they're called something like fortress cathedrals and mm. they, they drop down mm. land and then attract so they also like move forward and carrying guns and things <laughs> that'd be a really nice model to make as well <laughs> there you go um so yeah i think i like i've got a i've got a load of projects that that are in mind and yeah I more than five to, <laughs> more than five <laughs> um i think 
I sort of I've been trying. I tried quite a few different things with like YouTube, and uh, I don't really like. I don't really like making videos. It takes mm. a. It's it's quite highly skilled, and it's not something that like uh, my natural wheelhouse. I think I want to get into this pipeline a little bit of having a great idea, building something huge, filming, making it, making a little video about making it, posting that, and and then doing loads of sort of different community things because I love I love working with different people and I like chatting on this sort of stuff and uh, you know like and and highlighting kind of new new people who new miniature artists as well. I think we really enjoy that. Uh, I th- so I think that's I'm trying to get into kind of more of a structure because it's just been chaos mm-hmm. <laughs> the last couple. Of um but it's yeah it's difficult because sometimes things you know the gilliman took uh, from start to finish two years so it's hard to kind of plan around that but then but then it was a project that i was just doing for the fun of it and so i'd I'd keep coming back to it and be like and then i'd get stuck and put it under my bed again for a bit and then get it back out again be like oh this is this is fun Mm -hmm. so (laughs) do you feel better when you have a deadline uh i finish things when i've got a deadline yeah. <laughs> i think that's the, that's the motivator <laughs> yeah so i think pre-lockdown um my my we have a small gaming group called the goons uh named <laughs> after what we were called at school <laughs> so, oh. so we've reclaimed that because it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't bestowed nicely um but basically my yeah so some of my friends from school got back together again and we wanted to meet up and and play and my friend challenged me to a 2000 point game and i was like oh yeah we'll we'll do fully painted armies he'd already done his i didn't really realize how much work it was mm. doing a fully painted army again <laughs> it was very good for learning learning brush techniques and and practice I'm not sure i want to do it again from scratch um but it's we you know, we we were quite strict about basically only putting stuff down on the table if it was fully fully painted and so we'd we'd book a game in a couple of months time would want to try out new units the deadline would be there so you'd definitely get it done by that day mm. and then when lockdown happened suddenly that was gone and everyone's like oh yeah painted more warhammer than i've painted and i was like i've done nothing because <laughs> 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 there's, there's no deadline i could i could just take forever i think like yeah. i painted some shining spears uh and sort of did three months painting their cloaks and was like what i don't know what i'm doing <laughs> uh and then then finding so then finding like online competitions where there's a fixed deadline was mm-hmm. the kind of the thing that really ignited my imagination and it ends and you have to get it in by then so you have to do it yeah it's good and you go at the end you're like it is what it is and we'll see how it goes <laughs> yeah i i leave a day for taking photos and mm-hmm. i always get to that that day and then i hate myself for leaving a day to take photos <laughs> the light is really bad there's loads of stuff that needs doing might be it's still wet and like moving it around you get covered in paint uh and yeah it's always really stressful and then it's done and then you're exhausted <laughs> are you critical of your art uh so the i was close to use, choosing this as a quotation but then i couldn't find who'd actually said it i don't know if i don't think i made it up <laughs> so i think i think some artists made it up i'm not sure what artist did and uh they basically said it is your job to create and not to critique yeah but and for me, i know and and but because for me like i can see every mistake yeah like, i can see every single thing i should have done differently like i know what's wrong with it i know all the bad things about it but the problem is if i think about that at all 
I just don't do it. Like, and uh, mm. that kind of perfectionism seeps in mm-hmm. and you just, and I end up not creating. Whereas if I'm in that flow state where I'm just making things and making things and making things, I'm enjoying it and having a nice time and it's enjoyable. And then it gets to the end and I think, oh, it doesn't quite look right. And you keep adjusting and keep adjusting. And it's great. And then you think, oh, I absolutely hate it. It looks terrible. <laughs> I can't go it's back. appalling. <laughs> Post. <laughs> 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 let's see what happens does anyone like it i fucking hate it now i don't want to see it ever again like, uh, and then um uh <laughs> and then you and then you find out whether or not other people like it or not <laughs> usually they they love it yeah exactly and and i think i know that what i see is going to be more critical than any other person mm-hmm. um because you're so... already thinking of the potential of what it what you have in your mind so you're like i have a yeah, road exactly, to get yeah, to it exactly. you know, yeah you you know what you were aiming at mm-hmm. and what you know what you think you could kind of could kind of do and um you know it's not to say that like i don't want to try and make things better or like improve in techniques and stuff like that but the, there's certain things that like i know i'm not going to spend x amount of time learning a particular technique to do something so there are like limits to my own work uh you know I, like I, I saw quite a few people being like right well i'm going to start painting my single miniature now for next year's golden demon and spend a year glazing it and i was like well i'd rather die <laughs> spend a year glazing one model you know and it looks beautiful it looks absolutely beautiful it's like stunning but my eyes aren't that good so mm-hmm. you know it's, i'm never gonna be able to do that so it's not worth thinking about <laughs> yeah I think I think also I try and um, uh, I'm very much here for it being a positive thing in my mm. life. Like I'm here for it being people enjoying the stuff that I make and me enjoying other people's work and things like that. And so I tend to uh, I I tend to shy away from kind of like any any critical <laughs> critical thinking about it at all. Like uh, you know like especially I do not like. Um, what's it called when it, people give you criticism that's not constructive criticism? Or, uh, or when it's not asked, criticism, unsolicited, unsolicited, yeah, unsolicited criticism will just get you blocked from all of my platforms immediately. Mm. Because, <laughs> warning, oh, for that. I don't, don't care. do it. Yeah, yeah just, there you go. There's a warning. If someone goes, oh, you know, you should have painted that thing like that. Well, I know. Block. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I know, like, oh, I can see it. <laughs> I do not need some random person pointing that out to me on the internet. I have already seen it a million times and stressed out about it way worse than you could possibly imagine. I don't need somebody saying pointing out everything that I've done wrong. And like, I'm and I'm not here for that. I'm here for people being like, oh, that's cool. Because I think, you know, and I, I spend a lot, mo- a lot of my time going through Google's work and going, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's, yeah, because we do think something that's cool. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know what? I think that's right. You, you know, if you spend hundreds, if not thousands, of hours on something, like that's not the time to be like, "Hey, here's a minor imperfection you may or may not have noticed." <laughs> like, why don't why don't you stew on that one there? Like, just enjoy <laughs> it for what it is. You didn't have to do the thing. Enjoy it that somebody else did. Yeah, I think I think as well. Like, it's so often. It is so often uh, ungenuine as well, and like I can't be bothered to work out whether or not it's genuine or not. Like you know, I'm, I'm like if it feels like an attack, it probably is an attack. So mm-hmm. you're gone. Uh, and 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 I think it's partially because uh, like I find 
you know i i find like trolls quite easily triggering like it gets into your head and i realize that i spent like several hours or a day thinking about some what's like what somebody some idiot said to me that i don't know on the internet (laughs) and i'm like well if i press this magical block button they cease to exist yeah and i never have to think (laughs) about them ever again (laughs) delete And it's a really, it's a really, it's a really liberating thing, yeah. and I, I sometimes think like, okay, maybe you know, there there is an element that maybe I misread like a social interaction, mm. and, and like that would be no goal. But then, you know, we like I'm not getting paid for this. You know? <laughs> I'm just doing this for fun, you know. So let's have fun. A, let's have let's have fun with it. Like, mm. uh, yeah, it's an enjoyable thing. Um, I think like uh, so. I, I don't know if you uh, do you do you sort of read um uh 28 magazine no uh so there's so there's a great online magazine called uh 28 magazine and it's about uh people who make models that aren't necessarily the standard so lots of small makers and unusual things and it's it's really interesting and like the photography is wonderful and the miniatures are amazing and they did a competition a few years ago called uh um female space marines oh oh. (laughs) (laughs) so i made a i I made a female space marine for it uh and just the you know the abuse like that just like fed in and i was like i am a straight white blonde man like you know i like you know this i cannot imagine how much how much worse it must be for anyone else that isn't me and it was yeah i was just like it was horrific and uh but uh, yeah i won the competition so it's very happy <laughs> congratulations <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you I, I find, um, but yeah I it was... some of the stuff that they put up there it's just hilarious like that they take their time to write a comment and they obviously want like the attention and they're so starved for it yeah. there was a the guy the one troll i've had at the beginning of this year and he said um my paintings were mediocre at best <laughs> I, I like I, I, I stared at that comment obviously no profile no pic and i was like yeah that's hilarious like w- what do you think i am a golden demon like it was just <laughs> just my mouth <laughs> and yeah so uh this is it's quite a big segue but um so i used to do i used to do a lot of dancing and uh so we did, segment, did yeah. ballroom dancing and like um uh lindy hop and all that sort okay. of stuff and we always used to say that the absolute worst people were intermediate because someone would get a little bit good and then they would gatekeep and they would mm. police and they would hassle people and we were there to dance with other people like that was the point it's <laughs> mm-hmm. like in the, like that's the point in this really really niche thing that nobody cares about mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's uh and yet people would would specifically do it to kind of like crush beginners and like new people and stuff like this and and you know so it was very familiar joining the 40k community. i was about to say uh, i've never <laughs> seen that happen with warhammer um... <laughs> within this niche <laughs> yeah and and I think I you know um, my a, a friend of mine he any time he gets that he has a particular goal in mind and he's like I'm going to talk to this person mm-hmm. until they block me oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like well I'm, you know okay this is <laughs> some psychological warfare that I can't you know that like it's too much for me but he does it and like uh, and they always end up blocking. I was going to say is like, he's, yeah, he's successful. <laughs> 
Yeah, he's really successful doing it. It's like wow. it's amazing. Um, but yeah, it's just you've got you've, there's got to be something. You've got to be very, very, very miserable to mm-hmm. for like that to be your outlet, basically, or like thirteen, and which I suppose you're, I still, guess you're, you're going to be both. very miserable as well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember yeah. being particularly happy at thirteen either, but um, but you know, you know, it's an unfortunate thing. Because I feel like the more people we talk to, especially the like hobbyists. Um, that are putting their work out there, putting their art out there. And the negativity and the criticism seems to be like a constant. Like, it's not just like there's one person dealing with this and they're the the outlier. Like, it seems to almost be the norm that as you sort of become a better known artist, you just also have to deal with all of this. And, it, and it's really unfortunate. Yeah, I'd say I'd, I'd say I think there's probably... Uh, it, partially it's because you've, you've got you're on things that there are a lot of non people I was very nervous about going over to YouTube because of YouTube mm. uh, <laughs> and then weirdly out of every platform I've had the least stuff on YouTube hmm. possibly because not a lot of people have watched my stuff yet <laughs> um, but like very much did like, you have a video uh, that's like, like 100,000 views? yeah, that not yeah that's the only one I got lots of stick for <laughs> So, like, quite early on in the beginning, I say, like, oh, you know, I've cobbled this together through through all of the, like, pictures and stuff I took of it because I wasn't filming it while I was making it. And, like, a hundred people commented, there's too much of you talking and there's not enough footage of the model. I was like, yes, because I, I didn't take any footage of making the model, as I've said, because I didn't set it up this way. Is that how you reply? <laughs> Just, yes. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, block them as well. Yeah. I mean, YouTube YouTube's one is amazing. Like that, it's so clever. Um, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, you hide them from the channel, and then they still see the comment. And if they comment more on it, it shows up for them, but no one else in the world can see them. So they're, so just, they're talking just talking to themselves, screaming into the void. <laughs> Amazing! Like just, just that as a just a feeling that you know you're not only blocking them, but you're also like gaslighting them. <laughs> You're also like tricking them into thinking that how oh, actually everyone can see my like ridiculous comment. But can oh, you still see them? That's so screaming? clever. I'll tap some more. Blah, 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 blah. Nothing. No one sees it. I never get mentioned. It never sends me an update from that person ever again. Wonderful. Can you still see Wonderful. their comments? No. Oh, wow. There you go. They disappear. So, yeah, it's, it's hide from channel. And like, I think, I think you can. I think there is a way of like going through your comments and, and unhiding them if you want if you want to uh, if you are a masochist. <laughs> but, but like, uh, yeah, I'm like, no, they're, they're gone. They they don't exist anymore, and they just they're just somewhere shouting themselves. That's fantastic. That's great motivation. <laughs> um, to bring us maybe back to Warhammer, you did talk about having a gaming group. Uh, how are you finding tenth? Yeah. Have you had a few games? Are you? Yeah, I've had. Uh did like um yeah we've i've had like maybe eight or nine games um i really enjoyed it up to uh, so i'll get a caveat so much hesitation i play eldar oh (laughs) right 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 so you know uh so So, okay i really like i love like i've been been playing like I, i bought my first models in 1996 which were striking scorpions which i still sometimes take like the exact ones mm. in game uh and you know i like they are they are my my love in the in the terms of the lore and the models and uh that really is kind of the thing that brought me into the hobby uh and 
I, you know, I like being able to build, like, spend ages thinking about, like, building a convoluted, like, monstrous list that's going to absolutely obliterate the enemy or die immediately and then all my stuff explodes. <laughs> <laughs> and I really love playing like that. And so I love playing Harlequins as well. And then now just having, being like, I've got loads of guns that are really good and that's about it it's not very interesting mm. so um i think i like we we're gonna we're gonna do like a mini we've got quite a lot of new players recently i mean one of the really great things is we lost loads of people in ninth like it was very hard to get games because everyone was quite casual and the pace of change and the number of books you needed mm. just got to the point where uh, and and like and really if you didn't build around the right secondaries you lost mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. you you'd mm -hmm. lose before you started playing yeah. if, you, if you weren't like very on top of the game which no one was <laughs> so everyone stopped playing <laughs> um and then 10th everyone's back and awesome. they're really engaged again and they're enjoying it and uh playing a lot but i'm finding it a bit like I can bring this list. I can see how it's going to play. I can obliterate things. That's that's about it. Uh, so we're going to do a thousand point mini tournament for the next like month, uh, and I'm going to take just Harlequins. And <laughs> see how I can see if I can manage to make them not suck. <laughs> so speaking to like an uh, elder player, like um, yep. people come into the table, did they have like a look of defeat on their face? uh i mean nobody likes playing me that much anyway oh. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> uh oh no i mean it's like it's a bit of a, it's a kind of a bit of a joke like it's a bit of a joke in the gaming group anyway because like you know elder are quite horrible they always are going to be fairly horrible to play against mm -hmm. because they are so killy and if you know if you play them really well they just ignore all of the things that you can do with them uh, and that's always been something that i really like it's like oh i've got some harlequins and you can't shoot them and they're invisible and then they jump over you and then oh and they ignore they all shimmer these in the sky and <laughs> exactly uh and that can i think that you know it can be very uninteractive and very boring to play mm. against if you're just removing your models and you're like oh i've got this trick no you can't do that oh, i've got this trick and that sorry mate <laughs> <laughs> I've got my extra, extra, extra save, and I come back to life, yeah. and blah 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 blah. <laughs> and, it, and you know, it requires skill, and it requires like a lot mm -hmm. of learning, like how to do that. And then tenth was a bit like, oh, here's my wraith knight and another wraith <laughs> knight and some d cannons, and I've got eleven bright lances, and all of them automatically hit and automatically do sixes to wound. Uh, so uh, yeah, like trying to tailor it for games. Uh, casual levels really being quite challenging uh and so my my thousand sons friend uh the first game we had was just like an absolute bloodbath like all of his shit just evaporated off the table which was great fun um but not very fun for him and then we tried we tried much more kind of like meme lists for me against his like maxed out warp flamer nightmare list and that was that was much more like a close run thing and uh, yeah he did win um but yeah, I, I think like I love Tenth and I think it's a really great, fast game for people getting back into it. Uh, I can't wait for a codex to kind of give me some more interesting options so mm. it's not just shooting and uh, like waiting for my tanks to become more expensive. I mean, when I opened the book <laughs> and I was like, when I only got the points thing and I was like, I can take 11 grav tanks. <laughs> it's just bonkers it's so it was just and i know the points increases have kind of like crept up and crept up and crept up mm. but uh i think it's still 
I think because they, I don't know how you found it, but I have found lethality has gone down a bit, especially in combat. Yeah, uh, but the shooting has stayed. <laughs> yeah, except uh, Eldar, I would say it definitely has gone down. Um, playing into Eldar, no, everything I've been tabled on turn two a few too many times. <laughs> Yeah, and it's that's boring to play. Like, like you know, you, I don't know. I don't. I don't like playing that. It's just you want to have a game where there's a challenge and it's like it's uh, it's difficult to win. Um, mm-hmm. it, <laughs> it's no fun to just curb stomp somebody basically mm. over and over and over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I, you know, I think at the beginning there's excitement in like new rules interactions and how things work and you're, you're trying to or, like trying to figure that out and how it's all gonna it's all gonna fit together which i really enjoy i enjoy like theory hammer mm-hmm. a lot and trying to work out like interesting lists um and obviously it's great that it's got simpler for everyone to play but then losing maybe like the points for weapons options has made it a lot less granular and mm. you know it's, it's very easy just to go i've got bright lances on absolutely everything that i <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and, and i guess uh, uh you know we're getting a little bit longer in here but i did want to talk uh, you've kind of t- danced around the lore but are, yeah. are you a lore buff uh yes enormously um i think i so i read all the black library books that come out like as all as of can, them but like pretty much i think uh, we found our uh, completionist friends... laura <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, yeah my friend science pie uh who is the mod of the elder reddit group and uh he's just generally he's like very active on twitter and he's a great guy uh and we basically we we will, we will just get every audiobook that comes out and then we'll talk about it and so um i like having a sense of i like having a sense of where all of the universe is and all the stories are and all the tiny little lore bits and pieces so that i can ignore that and build something else uh, <laughs> <laughs> or or like or or have an idea from that or like have my own kind of conception of like what i think should come after that it's it's just uh, yeah i it feels a little bit separate from maybe all the different sections, but certainly when, if I'm not really feeling building stuff, if I've not got very many games, um, I love, you know, I love, I love reading the books and I love kind of keeping up with the lore. And I, lo- I really like seeing how they, sp- I love telling stories and they've got a real, uh, I have this thing about soap operas <laughs> and that soap operas are actually are like, uh like the canon that we've created that is more important than almost all canon in kind of western civilization because it's stories where the societal change at a glacial pace and you look at something like coronation street which has been running for 60 years mm-hmm. uh with thousands of hours of television and enormously complicated branching routes of characters and i love the fact that you can have that much detail and intricacy and then nothing actually happen (laughs) (laughs) everyone just interacts but nothing changes and then eventually like something will happen and there'll be some slight different change but if you come back to it in a year's time the characters will be shouting about something very slightly different Mm -hmm. than was they were last shouting about but you can instantly recognize what the storyline is and exactly what's happening and i think it's a really interesting way of storytelling and it can be very frustrating i think there's something about the new setting that you had such a cataclysmic exciting event they definitely like helped draw me back into the hobby i was like oh i want to know what's happened um 
uh that you know the gathering storm was kind of the period that i got back into it and that like drip feed of be suddenly being like oh okay there's maybe a new elder god and oh i remember when eldrad like was talking about that in the third edition codex and uh, all these kind of links back um so you've got this hugely exciting period and then immediately they stop it you know and the, you know literally dark imperium goes and then the indomitus crusade happened and nothing changed and now we're on to the next bit there's 200 <laughs> years where it's all fine no big events and you're like uh, <laughs> sort of exciting and i, I like i uh, you know they've, they've obviously retconned that now to be like part of it or something i'm re- i'm a bit lost on like where that is um but yeah that that kind of storytelling drip feeding small bits of information that are really exciting so you could read a whole book and actually really there's only maybe a chapter in it that's any that's interesting mm. and the rest of it is just some space marine waffle uh yeah i do like that i mean that's most of a, the horus heresy series is all, i i like the comparison <laughs> to a soap opera because i i've always very much felt that it's a lot of like big over-the-top characters just sort of like posturing and like emoting at each other but like the actual mechanics of like what happens over those like 60 books would only yeah. take a single book to tell <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I felt like I went on the same journey so many different times where it introduced me to a chapter that I thought I didn't care about at all. And it'd be like, and here's the white scars. And I'd be like, oh, I don't care about white scars. <laughs> and then two books in, I'm like, oh my God, these are the coolest guys in the world. This is so interesting. And there's the dark glass and like, oh, this is, and that's how they got to terror. Wow. Um, you know, amazing. And then you go on to the next group of people and it kind of worked for all of them i would say maybe barring the dark angels who like were just uniformly awful <laughs> somehow the entire way through it i think they i think they just didn't know what to do with them they had this like you know there's the sense that the dark angels are the most deadly insane chapter uh, legion they're going to be the worst badass motherfuckers <laughs> but they weren't there somehow at all for any of it and nothing they did mattered and they weren't there at the end and so they just i don't know there's all this noodling around uh, well like, I, I, I really like them i really, i like them as an idea and I, you know i love lionel johnson uh but i thought out of all the chapters uh they all all of the legions they yeah they almost had too much of an established like lore going into them writing the heresies where like the dark angels were probably yeah. the only ones that actually had an arc to themselves that had actually ever been fleshed out beyond like the heretics are heretics and the loyalists are loyalists um yeah yeah so they had to crowbar in the events right yeah it's just like you know they are caliban is destroyed and there's the rock and the lion's asleep uh and yeah everyone thinks uh, he wasn't at terror for some reason that's undisclosed and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh so you know, they had to kind of uh and then all the stuff with conrad kurz and being like i, I don't know conrad kurz is maybe is my least favorite oh. of all of the <laughs> I like I like the I like the uh, Night Lords and like um, ADB's uh, Night Lords trilogy is really in- like fantastic read, but uh, like I don't know, mad space Batman who murders people. Nah. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> Meh. This is, thank you. Okay, we 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 did a Primark episode and I called him Batman and I feel like I was uh, maybe made fun of for that. But oh that's no, that's what he is. He's homicidal Batman. <laughs> Yeah, like they really needed to put a little, a, just a little bit more work into his backstory. So it's not like it's not like he saw a girl shoplifting and so he ripped off her skin. And you're like, what? But no one likes that. You know, 
<laughs> and then yeah, created this whole thing and tortured all these people. And then he went back, and then they were still shoplifting. So he destroyed yeah. the planet. We're like, oh. okay, what's it? I mean, I suppose I suppose it kind of fit. It kind of fits the era, like you know, just the, when they originally created it. It's like nineties, <laughs> like extreme, extreme, extreme. Uh, I can kind of imagine his design having lots of like leg pouches and stuff, <laughs> um, <laughs> tiny feet, big thighs. But would he have the bat nipples? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. Somebody else's, maybe. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, ooh, oh, that got dark. Do you have a favorite uh, Primark? Uh, it, it changes a lot depending on the the Primark book that I'm reading at that time and like how good it is. I think probably overall it's Lionel Johnson. Like I like how grumpy he is. And, you kind of uh, look like, like him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I have just completely modelled my look on him as well. So, um, <laughs> I, I'm really happy he came back, mm-hmm. and I'm really happy like he came back as like a, a sort of mellowed, grumpy version. <laughs> that like, uh, um, I didn't see that coming, and I really like it. I think it, it kind of links to some to some like small short snippets about him in the aftermath of um, uh, the siege of terror and. Uh, how, how like broken he is by all of it and uh, like i really like that and i think it's gonna be very interesting to see him meeting rabute and how mm-hmm. that goes um but yeah like you know i, I read something like uh, the praetorian of dawn and i'm like dawn is the coolest one because <laughs> you know? uh, that is absolutely perfect um uh yeah I, uh, very few people would probably agree but uh <laughs> <Hard take. laughs> yeah he's you know got one of the only confirmed kills got to say that's good for him uh and yeah like i like i like angron i like how he was never on board with any of it Mm -hmm. like Mm. he just kind of they forced him into doing it as much as they possibly could uh there's the short story with arkham land where um i don't i don't know if you've read it where the emperor is like looking at angron's body and trying to work out if he can take out the butcher's nails this is it's a really interesting short story i'll I'll see if i can find the link and i won't spoil anything but um i think there's there's so many interesting things with angron and like what eventually happens to him and then what like uh like all the stuff in the siege as well and i think that's very cool i think they've done an amazing job on fleshing out these like random names they picked from a hat like Mm. as some of jokes (laughs) to fill out to fill out all of them uh and then kind of made them as whole rounded characters and and put them in um yeah sometimes it's a bit crowbarry but like yeah i think i think i enjoy them but i think the crowbarry speaks also to that like soap opera-y like space opera like over the top you know that's like what like the heresy especially is mm-hmm. like type of like over the top storytelling that like there's room for you to just kind of like shove a random story in there that explains some random facet of it because it's so big yeah yeah, yeah it's so big and, and uh have you have you guys read the dawn of war books dawn of fire no so it's, the, it's, it's like the current storyline so it's it's kind of rebooty like going off on the Domitus Crusade and what happens there and like halfway through one of the historitors that Brite sets up to kind of write about these things starts writing a book and he you know the first line is I was there the day that Horus slew the Emperor oh so the whole series is deniably 
from the perspective of this random guy in the 42nd millennium looking up all the notes that the the inquisition have kind of hidden away for years and so all of it is deniable <laughs> and it's like it's like once it's two sentences and then they never meant i was really hoping they'd mention it again it's been four more books and they haven't re- mentioned a single word of it about it and i was like that is that's is, so wonderfully like all of the world of warhammer 40k that you could just have something that's completely like uh game changing and it only you'll only know it if you've read this specific series of books (laughs) and paid attention to this perfect moment in it (laughs) and it might not be true as well great I, yeah, and either well, and that's yeah. I think a big part of what makes Warhammer unique versus like other sci-fi, we'll call them franchises, is that you do have this whole unreliable narrator. You have this like ability to just like move and warp canon around your needs because it is from this perspective of like like everything we get is from the perspective of the Imperium, and like yep. you know what I like about what that what you just talked about is that like. That also means that all the horse heresy novels are also through that same lens of like what the Imperium thinks the horse heresy is, that therefore it may or may not be true. <laughs> yeah, and then you know, suddenly every criticism of all of the like uh the all of the traitor primarchs being kind of wet and useless suddenly makes sense because it's propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they could never show you couldn't show them in a good light at all. Uh, and it excuses any bit of lazy writing because it's some, just some random schlub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it is it is interesting and uh, I definitely found that the biggest split kind of between uh, people that I that are interested in the hobby are the kind the the people who would like it to stay how it was in their imaginations of th- what third edition was like and like what the setting was it's basically you know their rose tinted vision of what 40k was like in their childhood mm-hmm. versus anything changing and i you know i like i, I like new information and mm. hyperfixate on things and for me publishing new stuff and giving you more more toys that's just like mana for hev from heaven <laughs> right keep it up just in you know as much as possible because <laughs> like it will keep me interested uh but i know that for some people some other people it can be quite threatening almost because it's like um they've got a sort of they feel like they've got a uh, a sense of how the universe works and, mm. and what it should all like fit together like and then actually you know you've got 30 years worth of Mm -hmm. material in between that where it's changed and all this stuff has happened and there's different things and they keep introducing new stuff and i love that i love that there's just more and more more and more things inside and then those same people are in the comments section saying no female space marines (laughs) (laughs) but there were yeah there were (laughs) if you go back far enough there were female space marine models (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I like, uh, and it takes. I, I think it's an interesting. I think it's an interesting one because GW has done some good work towards representation, mm-hmm. but uh, the thing, uh, the thing is, like, they get more advertising. However much we sc- like, anyone screams about Warhammer online means more people get to see about warhammer like Mm. uh, actually like any any stuff kind of helps them Mm. uh and it would be an absolute no goal storm if they introduced it but uh, no goal storm of people who probably don't buy any models so 
you know the biggest uh, i think the, like a uh, peachy did an interview recently where he was talking about like the game stores and and what who uh, are the biggest customers of 40k and he was like it's mums and it's like oh. it's like 30 to 45 year old women spend more money on warhammer than any other group because they're buying it for their kids and you know there's that narrow kind of window of when you know you spend more money at the beginning of the hobby than any other time you buy all the paints you buy paintbrushes you have to you build up a collection and those are the people that 40k is for like that's the customer base and you know i, I like and then suddenly it makes sense why they got rid of like bondage slaves and uh you know toned down the demon uh you know and i think it is it's such a kind of missed opportunity and there are so many different ways you could do it call could do it he could just turn up one day and say oh yeah i realized that we we've got like 500 trillion female children that we could use uh to make soldiers super soldiers as well why don't we try this oh I, why when i say why don't we i have actually made like 10 new legions from some you know some maybe some traitor gene seed that i had left over <laughs> <laughs> and then it becomes its own thing and then it could be a huge argument and like a big battle mm. and uh you know it'd be great or or you have it the emperor doing a the emperor had a backup plan or one of the lost primarchs come back mm -hmm. or or, or you know, there's so many ways they could do it uh and i think it just feels like it's such a um i think it feels like it's such a hot point mm. that they just need to lance the, they just need to lance the boil because it does attract the worst parts of the hobby uh and it, you know it, as soon as they've done it the argument's over like it doesn't matter what anyone says as soon as they've made the model with the female head it takes no time at all to sculpt yeah. <laughs> uh yeah you know, and Lionel Johnson coming back, he's got one book. So there you go. One book, one model. That's all you need to do. Mm. And then listen, everyone will argue about it for a year. And then there'll be something new for people to but argue about. But that has about. people talking and that's all they need. <laughs> yeah. There we are. Well, I often, I often thought like their, their weird pipeline of, of like ex-presenters, um, you know, they, they seem to be for, like, there's a lot of people talk about maybe the presenters uh you know they're, they're not trying to make them celebrities and stuff like that so that when they leave they can't make money and it's 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 a weird one because they leave and then they make content for free about warhammer so they're still i mean they're still promoting it you know, just now for free and they enrich themselves but you know it's i don't know it grows it keeps on growing the ecosphere um I'd be interested to see what happens if the Amazon series gets up. And, mm. and I, I really hope everyone's waiting so and watching. Just... Yeah. Yeah. What do, you, what do you guys reckon it will be? <sighs> well, wasn't there like a net? Like, didn't Netflix have something before, and it was like the Inquisition, or um. I, I think there was a deal. There was some sort of deal that didn't go mm -hmm. anywhere, and I think it was for eyes yeah, and horn yeah. mm. and there was people attached to it and then it just okay. died <laughs> and then vanished i mean i would i would be amazed if it wasn't eyes and horn because that's such a good introduction to the the world and the universe and you have a lot of baseline humans you could be like here are some baseline humans they're in the future i mean from a pure week. fun perspective i would like to see kaiva's cane because i think that's that's both a, a series that is very like human based and would you wouldn't necessarily have to have a bunch of over the top characters but then it's also quite fun and uh, i think kaifus kane also uh, emphasizes a lot more of the like 
silliness of Warhammer in a lot of ways, like the ridiculousness of it. Um, but I, I highly doubt they would actually do it. I, the Indominus Crusade would probably be one of the more likely like to tell that story because that's both not everyone has necessarily read those books, but it's such a changing thing that people would be attracted to to learn more about it. I just, uh, yeah, I just, I, I can't get my head around trying to make something that's that's like predominantly Space Marines. Um, but that's, I think, you know, that's what they're going <laughs> to do. Not just because they're, I was going to say, not because they're, you know, they're obviously, the, they are the, the the biggest seller, but just because it's quite difficult to make a drama, like uh, people are like, oh yeah, you should do the heresy. I'm like what, a thousand dudes who all look exactly the same <laughs> in like different color armor. But each chapter has like a hundred speaking characters. Like it would visually, despite all the other stuff that was going around, like the human element would be so boring to watch. Mm. Like you think about Horus's Legion. Oh, they all look exactly like him, apart from like a couple of them look very slightly different. <laughs> yeah. Or Alpha Legion. Oh, great. That's going to make some... Say, I'm Alpha yeah, or, Alpha, or Alpha Legion, yeah. This is going to make some riveting televisions. <laughs> Bunch of gravelly voiced men just grumping at each other. <laughs> oh, which is that one? Oh, which is that one? And, I mean, I like, I, I find it like the, the Siege books like I, i'm enjoying them so much but there was quite a big gap between mm. uh, i think i can't remember what the last one was before the siege of terror series uh but as soon as i started reading the siege of terror series i have to stop all the time and look people up and be like oh okay so he is that mm. guy who did this thing and then dembski brown just introduces 500 more characters <laughs> and I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> i think their biggest challenge is the visuals like i think if they do do space marines like the armor has to look yep. right I think that's what people are going to be looking yeah. at instead of like the characters themselves. I think really hard because because also I mean like which space marines do they look like? Mm. You know, do they look like like the cartoony like eighth edition uh, like Bandai space marines, or <laughs> uh, you know that very kind of heroic like art or much more of the grim darkness? Mm. Like like there's quite a few different there's different proportions and different styles of it. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I mean, I kind of would like if they did like a sort of anthology series, uh, but the but the risk there is that none of them have the budget mm -hmm. and all of them are just a bit lackluster, a bit like Warhammer Plus. Um, yeah, <laughs> we're like, oh, this is this is this is the grain of a brilliant idea, but it's way too short, and you haven't actually been able to spend enough time on it, and then it's over, and you're like, okay, quite fine, on to the next kind of completely forgettable yeah. thing. <laughs> Uh, like I really enjoy, I really enjoyed some of it, and then a month later, I'm like, I can't think of a single thing that's on it. <laughs> yeah, I uh, there's been actually I tried to I don't know Games Workshop. Uh, they see I keep hearing things they've been having like troubles in Canada. You can't sign up for Warhammer Plus, or like it keeps blocking people, and there's so like you can't even oh, start okay. a subscription right now. You can't even actually watch it. Yeah, so like the <laughs> like there was a Lucius uh, video that I was like interested in, and the, some of the Tau stuff has actually looked kind of interesting. And it's like, oh, I should look at it. No, mm -hmm. so we're uh, uh. we're we're booted. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm you know I was very down on the like. Uh, I was like, I'm not going to use the new app. I'm not going to use it. I'm not going to use it. And then it came out. For free. Like, oh, I'll try it. Uh, <laughs> I'll try it for free. Oh, wow. Okay. I I can do like 500 lists in like a minute. And oh, I can, you know, 
I'll do. I'll try out a Tyranid's army list, and then I wrote Tyranid's army list, and then I spent like five hundred quid buying ty- the Tyranids uh, to go with it, and um, uh, I was really enjoying that. And then they were like, "Oh, it's gonna. <sighs> you've got it for so much time, and then you won't be able to have it, and then you have to buy a codex to get the rules." And then, I, and then the Battle Scribe team got off their ass, and mm-hmm. and uh, even despite having said they're never gonna update it ever again, of course yeah. they updated it. Uh, <laughs> the demand was there. <laughs> The demand, yeah, the demand was there for them to do a free thing that they don't earn any money yeah. from and hate doing apparently, but always somehow. Update, but you just, you just, like, you just weeks. proved a, like a prime example that it was for free. It got you excited, and you went out and bought the models. Yep. Because yeah, like if you if if you're playing to game and you're buying an army, how are you meant to yes. do it? Like if you like, <laughs> that's what I can't get my head around. The only thing I can think is that all of their different departments are individually bonused on their own specific sales. Mm. That's all I think. That's the only reason I think they could do it. So the book department, they've got their sales and they have to get that. Otherwise, they don't get any money. And the, the Warhammer Plus department has to get it because they would make so much more money as yeah. a company if they, were, if they were like, here's how to make an army. Oh, and you finish the army and then you press buy. And then it puts it all into your like basket. Mm. It's crazy that it doesn't do that. That is such <laughs> a great idea. And like for the, like, to say like it's right? at the same time, AOS app is free. Same company. Yeah. Just different side of probably a different department yeah. you know probably there's the aos gaming department who because it's a smaller game it's just the whole of aos so they're they're bonused on all of the sales of aos as a thing and they're like oh i've got this brilliant idea i am uh, what if we just had it as this one thing i'm just like uh, the idea of like having an add to cart that then is tied yeah. to your like warhammer account already is such an obvious thing <laughs> that you're right would make completely justify the app being free Right, and also like I think if you like if you 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 just you know speculatively write a list and you're like oh this is kind of cool and you have got you know new emperor's children and there's like noise marines and blah 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 and then like a week later it pops up and goes you remember that list you wrote <laughs> why not buy it yeah. right now reminder <laughs> yellow no notification <laughs> well they even they, Thank they you, do the GW, email thing watching, like if you're uh, this is my idea and. Uh, <laughs> Please cut me in for a small proportion of the a massive amount of money you would make. Yeah. <laughs> you heard it Wait, here. You just gotta go find James. You're in the UK. You gotta find James Workshop <laughs> and get your piece. Yeah, I mean, I like I, I do occasionally, I like, occasionally look at their I occasionally look at their jobs because I, I think it would be it'd be an interesting place to work for. But like, uh, they don't do very much stuff remote. And um, uh, I'm in a I'm in a very Greek North London part of north london and my partner is greek cypriot and so all of her family live around us and we're not going anywhere we're not moving to nottingham (laughs) fair um uh kaylee just wrote a note here wanting to ask you about the war barbie competition Mm -hmm. oh of course so uh war barbie is an amazing competition. They <laughs> uh, <laughs> were all flagging a little bit. Uh, it's an amazing competition, and somebody has just made. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this. A Sylvanian family doll with like a minigun, and it is doing numbers on TikTok. It's it is absolutely. Do you know Sylvanian family? No. 
It's like cute little bunny rabbits. Oh, and like I think I, did you put in your stories? They like live in houses and like it's huge in it's huge in the UK and Europe. It's like yeah, all these lovely little dollhouse things. Anyway, this guy's made this. Uh, um, uh, yeah, just, just added added a mini gun and some other bit of like uh, slanesh bits actually I think, uh, and it looks so much fun and it's wonderful. So War Barbie, the idea behind it is you get a Barbie or any other type of doll, and you cut it to pieces and you make some sort of kit bash or diorama out of it and we're about um, we're nearly two-thirds of the way in we've got till the 31st of september to build mean october there. we've got some cool 31st of october <laughs> yeah <laughs> got two days left <laughs> loads After of time podcast has build whatever you want <laughs> you go back in time and then build yourself some. <laughs> uh, Halloween. so some really good some amazing like hobby people have, have entered it already uh like I think some of my particular favorites like high tech choga did this like very elegant um like sculpture like sculpted model which is like, absolutely beautiful uh Banhouse miniatures has done this like horrific medieval sort of tweety bird with a big barbie mm -hmm. head uh and this guy called dark isles has done this like wall of doll faces i didn't appreciate that setting up this challenge would mean that my feed was entirely full of vivisected dolls for like two months. Because <laughs> <laughs> after the like, after the like eighth one, you're like, oh, I'm starting to feel a little bit off. <laughs> I'm feeling queasy. <laughs> it's a little bit queasy because uh, everyone's in the building stage as well. So they're all just like, mm. there's a hand and there's another hand and there's, you know, all like neatly laid out with the knife next to it. Uh, and, um, you yeah, very sort of serial killer y. <laughs> so is Instagram like pushing like other content creators with <laughs> dissecting dollies too? uh yeah there's been a few yeah there's been yeah there's been a few people it don't, like it's been really interesting i would say that like uh my following gender balance has always been bad so it, it's usually about 98 percent men and two percent mm -hmm. women uh, self-identified obviously so lots of like people don't mention it uh it's gone up to four and a half percent since I did the Barbie competition. Oh, and what I've noticed is that there's people from other spheres are kind of getting involved mm -hmm. with it. So some dolls, house people, which already sort of there was a UK competition where a uh, TV show where people had to build dolls houses and a guy who makes Warhammer won it. And that kind of introduced a whole nother load of like, sorry whole other loaded people into warhammer uh and suddenly you, you've got like miniature like painting artists started following you and stuff so it really kind of brought it out but i think this has been the single one thing where it's joined in so many different communities some transformers mm -hmm. people as well um yeah it's been fantastic so i'm really looking forward to the end result and uh yeah it's really exciting and nurgle snuggle is helping yeah, me judge, i get to look at I'm all those dolls <laughs> so how can <laughs> someone enter so if you uh, either go onto my Instagram and look at the War Barbie logo, <laughs> uh, which is very obviously says War Barbie, and I'll repost it again uh, tonight. And we basically want you to email to warbarbie2023 at gmail.com three images of your final piece with your social media, media handle or where best to contact you. Uh, by the 31st and there's going to be three prizes the top one is the cities of sigmar new box 
uh, a paintbrush. There's some SGLs that a guy's donated, which I need to sort out. Uh, and Veronica is making a <laughs> horrific, like horrific. If you don't know Veronica, her tagline is uh, Florencentia Grotesque. She makes the most disturbing models of anyone I know. She's making a trophy for it, and I can't wait to see it because it's going to be super gross. <laughs> uh, second place is a war cry kit, a paintbrush. Uh, third place is a different war cry kit and a paintbrush. Oh, I, I went for, I, I tried to, the Cryptic Cabin very kindly donated these. I went for for kits that i think are going to be really good for bits mm-hmm. uh for kit bashing so even if you don't collect those particular factions it's just going to give you a wealth of parts to make other things wonderful yeah that sounds both horrifying and incredible <laughs> so <laughs> i can i can recommend following the hashtag it is really good fun. <laughs> Well, Lawrence, I want to thank you for coming on. And before we uh, wrap up, is there anything else you wanted to bring up or mention? Or Where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram uh, as Baharoth the Cry of Old Paint. Uh, you can find me on YouTube as Old Paint because I got rid of the Baharoth for it because no one can say it. Uh, I'm on TikTok as Baharoth as well. Um, and I think that's about it. I, just before we go, the reason I'm called Baharoth the Cry of Old Paint it's when I got my old models out, the first model that I stripped was Baharoth, who's called the Cry of the Wind. And because I had all this old paint, I was like, the Cry of Old Paint. And it took me two seconds to think of, and now I'm stuck with it. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Those are the best uh, Those are the best usernames, are the ones that come easily and then haunt you forever. <laughs> I don't think anyone sets up Instagram expecting like to to build any sort of community mm-hmm. or size. You're just like, I just want to look at some mm-hmm. cool shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'll just use a completely ridiculous. Yeah, I did name. Nurgle Snurgle because I was just like, what rhymes with Nurgle? And I said Snurgle. I was like, that made me laugh. I'll do that. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're I think we're at the end of this. Uh... Yeah, uh, I don't want to take up any more of your time. It's what, like midnight over in the UK at this point. So. Uh, I have yeah, a, exactly a so. sneaky feeling that we could probably be doing this for quite some time. <laughs> yeah, and perhaps this will yeah, be I've the last time that you'll be on. So, thank you. Well, thank you so much for inviting me. It's uh, the first time I've done a podcast. I've had absolutely like mega oh, time, awesome. uh, and yeah, would would be very happy to do it again. <laughs> so. It was great. It's wonderful. Absolutely fantastic. Have you. And maybe, you know what? Maybe when the War Barbie competitions finish, oh. we'll have you back on to talk oh, about how that. There we go. That's an idea. Um, and in the meantime, I want to thank all of our listeners and thank you for joining us. So don't forget to subscribe to Chaos Divided, both here and on Instagram and YouTube at Chaos Divided 40K. And you can find uh, your hosts on social media at Nurgle underscore Snurgle and at Blushing Noise Marine. And until next time, bye bye. Ciao for now.